Welcome to the U-Turn Podcast. This is the place to connect to who you truly are. We're bringing PhDs, experts, and leaders to help you elevate your mindset in your work life and in your love life so that you can see things differently and truly love your world. I'm Ashley Stahl. I'm a career expert, author, and TEDx speechwriter and booker, and I'm excited to bring you in to this week's episode. Okay, friends, I've got Alicia Davon on the show today. She's spent the past two and a half decades with her husband teaching over 12,000 singles and couples how to have an exceptional relationship. So obviously, this episode is going to be all about exceptional relationships, how to create them. She's the go-to expert for seeking a higher level of relationship support. So anyone who really needs that, she's the place they go. Um, They specialize, her and her husband, in supporting singles and getting into passionate and successful relationships and really helping couples take their relationship to new heights of intimacy, new heights of depth. Um, And she's based in the Bay Area. She provides a high-end boutique service that gives clients an effective way to enhance relationships, coaching, classes online, all the things. Alicia, thank you so much for coming on the U-Turn podcast. Great to be with you, Ashley. Happy to be here. Yeah. You know, it's it's so interesting. Usually this is the part where I ask the person, like, tell me what got you into the thing you're into, but I'm almost like so ready to jump in. I'm like, okay, you're obviously in this for a reason. You have a skill set about it. I want to start, you know, with people who are, you know, maybe they're in a relationship, maybe they're not. And what's on their mind is like, why haven't I found someone that can really meet me? Because I think a lot of people in their partnership, in their dating, they feel unmet. And there's such a fine line between asking for what you want and being seen, being heard, you know, getting your needs met and just looking at someone and saying, maybe you're not the person that can meet my needs, whether that's in a dating or a relationship capacity. So how do we help people start to process this idea of being met and asking for your needs and kind of just knowing when to stay or when to go. I know I dove straight the fuck in, but I can't help myself. Yeah, no, I love it. And whatever background that needs to be said, I'm sure will come through, you know, in, in our, in our conversation in terms of how I got here. Um, there were so many things in what you just said. I had to take notes to remember to address each of them because, um, I mean, relationship, romantic relationship is like, I don't think there's ever going to be a time where it's not super important to us. And when, you know, we're in an earlier phase of our relationship life, like, you know, teens, but let's talk 20s, 30s, that kind of thing. A lot of people are looking for their person. They, um, you know, might want to date around and meet a bunch of different people, but I find that most people really want to find their person, find their soulmate, like really develop a successful relationship. And there's a lot of challenges to that right now. There are classic kind of timeless challenges, you know, in terms of the psychological issues that come up for us in relationship, things that get triggered, like learning how to get along, learning how to get our needs met. I'm going to address what you asked directly in a minute, but I just want to set some context. Um, 
you know, sexual issues, issues of chemistry, um, values in life. Are we going in the same direction? Are we not? How do you know? And all this. There's also some unique challenges that have to do with the time we're living in. Technology, which is amazing in so many ways. That's why we're able to be together right now, you and I and all of your listeners. But it also causes distraction. Um, online dating apps are a nightmare for a lot of people. They can be used really smartly, so they're not a nightmare. But a lot of people, you know, don't know how to do that. Um, you know, just the general disconnection that seems to exist more between people and also within oneself. And the interesting thing about your question, you know, how do you balance getting your needs met by communicating and asking and requesting and when do you just walk away and kind of realize that this person's not going to meet your needs? It's really complex because I'm going to say something a little controversial, but relationships aren't there to fulfill all of your needs. They're not. It is totally unrealistic to think that someone or a relationship can fulfill all your needs. What I mean by that is as human beings, we relationship is one of our favorite places to go to try to get certain needs met that can't be met by a relationship partner or a relationship. You know, there are these deep needs, like you mentioned, like being seen and loved and, you know, all these things that we really, we developed these needs and a particular relationship to these needs in our childhood. And depending on how our relationship with our parents, our caregivers, our school teachers, whatever, how that all went, we all have wounding and we unconsciously go to romantic relationship, hoping to heal the wounds and feel whole again. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. First of all, it's like so natural, so human. And it's not to say that we can't get some needs met. You know, I mean, we, we do have needs. We do have desires and preferences and ways we'd like to spend our time together with the person and, you know, certain ways we'd like our relationship to go and, you know, all of this, but just knowing that the most important relationship is the one that we have with ourself and coming to the relationship as a whole complete human being, the relationship is so much more likely to go better. And one more thing I'll say before I see what questions you have about that, because this is a big thing I'm saying. It, this is not like you have to be perfect. You have to be some whole, complete, perfect human being with no feelings or no wounds. And then you can go be in a relationship. Like we're all a mess and we're all human. But if we start to bring that awareness to ourselves and into the relationship, like, wow, you know, like I need this, I need that. Can this person really fulfill that? I don't know. 
Hey, U-turn friends. It's time that we think about our liver as if it's our body's filter, because it is. It's in charge of flushing out unwanted elements, breaking down what you consume into essential nutrients. Liver health can impact everything from your brain, your skin, your gut health, digestion, everything in between. This is why I'm so excited to share with you my new favorite wellness boost, Dose. Dose for your liver is formulated with ingredients clinically shown to support liver health, potent turmeric, milk thistle, dandelion, ginger, incredible herbs. So you are giving your liver exactly what it needs for support. Dose is also scientifically backed USDA organic and has zero sugar, not to mention it's non-GMO and totally vegan. So for me, it's just full of ingredients that I can trust. If you want to give Dose a shot and invest in your health, Dose is offering the U-turn listeners 15% off your first order plus another 15% off if you subscribe for a monthly delivery. That's 30% off your first order. Head on over to dosedaily.co slash U-turn and use the code U-turn. That's D-O-S-E daily.co slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N and use that code U-turn for up to 30% off. Okay. This is, I, okay. I love what you're saying about like, no relationship is here to meet your needs. I know Esther Perel has talked about like how we used to count on an entire village for things that we want from one person. I still think, and I, I know you would probably agree that we need some basic things from relationship. And, um, if we're going to choose to enter into it, it's like, okay, this is adding value to my life. And this person is occupying this space. I have certain needs. So let's even start from, and I, and I love also what you said, by the way, about, um, you know, like not only just like creating a vibrant life for yourself, um, but not having to be so whole. Like, I feel like there's this never ending lack of self-acceptance of like, I need to be whole. And through that place, we're talking about how incomplete we are and that we need something out there to be complete. So I also think there's some self-acceptance and some awareness that like wholeness is a ongoing process. We're growing organisms. We're always changing. That being said, I feel like there are so many people who are really struggling, whether it's dating or in partnership with deciding, is this enough mm -hmm. for me to get right. the space in my life? And I feel like whether somebody's listening right now and they're married or they're dating, like, for example, I was dating a new guy, great guy, so much compatibility as far as like the little things and the big things, like we like the same music, we drink the same drinks. Like we're just so like, it's like the shallow things and then the deeper things. And we were in maybe the first like couple months of dating. And I, I'm just looking back at this because trying to remember it. But I will never forget. He came in really strong at the beginning. And he was like, we met through friends. And he was like, I want to be exclusive with you. And he was such this like unwavering masculine leadership and presence. He made me feel so safe. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. as time went on, he couldn't hold it. He ended up going on a business, not a business or a personal trip and kind of like texting me, but kind of falling off and feeling really inconsistent. He, um, I, I told him I was thinking about pulling back because of the inconsistency. And then he pulled back even more. So I feel like there's like, let's talk about entering a relationship for those who are listening and have that. And make, making sure your needs are met, whether it's just basic safety or basic feeling seen or communication. And then the other piece, people who are in relationships saying, damn, I've been wanting this from my partner for a long time. It's my vision. It's what I want. 
Um, I think I might need to walk away. So let's start with the person mm-hmm. entering in and kind of making that decision. Yeah. So with where we started in mind, you know, the the reality that ultimately relationships and, and, and other things, right? Money, a certain kind of body, uh, blah, 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 all the things we go to to try to feel okay. It can't do that for us. But then there's this, we have to be two-headed about it because there are very important things that we need and want in a relationship and we don't want to settle. And here's what I've found over the last, you know, over 20 years of working with both singles and couples. If you are a person and the person you're dating is a person that is interested in growing and developing as a person and bringing awareness to themselves, you have a much better chance of the relationship lasting and you being heard, you getting what you want in the relationship. I mean, anybody, many people can be amazing in the beginning of a relationship. You well, know, that's some what people I want to really, even, but it, oh, yeah. sorry to interrupt you. No, I want to touch on because I think honeymoon yes. phases can last years for some people and then they can just last a short period for others. Is there any meaning you would make of that as an expert? Like what if five weeks in you're hitting like a huge wall with somebody versus mm-hmm. five years in? Um, yeah. I like the idea of being committed and willing to grow, but I do think some people spend too much time in relationship just processing and not actually living. And I'm so sensitive for that, for people who are listening. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the honeymoon stage, however long it lasts, and these days it's shorter because things are moving very fast. So for some people, maybe it's a year, five years, whatever, but it's usually like weeks or months or days or even hours, you know, um, where the person is just this rock star and you're like, oh my God, I think I've like really met someone special and all this. And then things start to go awry. Um, if, see, you learn a lot about yourself and a person, if when things start to feel off, you guys can talk about it and both people are open to looking and seeing what's happening and how you can shift things. So that's always the standard I say to use. Like, let's say you're newly dating somebody and like the person's just kind of blowing your mind and you're like, wow, you know, this is amazing. And they're showing up with this masculine presence and this, wow, oh my gosh. And then something weird happens and we're so intuitive as women, you know, I mean, as beings we are, but especially women. And, you know, if we get our minds out of the way, our insecurities out of the way, we still can really be aware of like, okay, he's here. He's not here. He's paying attention. He's not paying attention. How he responds to your noticing of that tells you a lot about the kind of person he is and whether he's willing to grow and develop. So, um, for example, you know, your situation, you said something like, God, you know, I'm feeling you pull away a little bit, or I'm noticing an inconsistency and I'm starting to feel a little like uncomfortable with that. However you said it, he, him pulling away more. Okay. There you go. You know, I mean, you you know, okay, this person's not willing to engage with me about this. And I'm not saying he's wrong 
bad person, anything, but that, that just tells you, okay, this person's not up for the next level. And right. you can just trust yourself on that. You know, I'm not saying like kick him to the curb in some bitchy way, but like, okay, wow. I, maybe this just isn't really a good situation for me, you know? Well, that makes me want to ask you about timing because I know that this is a theme for so many people when it comes to challenging communication is like, so let's say we can skip, you know, we could jump from the single person dating or the person in partnership. One of the biggest challenges I think a lot of people, especially with anxiety have is when to bring something up. If you're an anxious mm -hmm. person, which I know there's a big percent of the population is I'm included. I've worked on yeah. my anxiety my whole life. And mm -hmm. it's like, it can feel really painful to have to self-soothe when something needs to be said, you're in pain, you want resolution and you need to choose timing. So I would love your feedback on that because oh. I, you know, I was just talking to a client who I'm writing her Ted talk right now. I don't know if I mentioned to you, I, I write in book people's Ted talks. So I was just oh. talking to her and she was telling me that her husband's on like a two week business trip and she's debating on whether she should tell him that something's wrong and she really wants resolution, but she also doesn't want to interrupt his trip. I feel like people are in life all the time and there's timing stuff with navigating issues. So I would love for you to also speak to that as it relates to getting your needs met, communicating and deepening a relationship. Because, you know, let's say her husband's that guy where she brings something up and he's like, let's talk about this when I get home. And then she has to sit in it for like a week. What's your, you know, like, where's the line? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, every situation is different, but my general rule of thumb is as soon as you realize that something is off you bring it up and there's ways to bring it up. And it's great that you're asking this because this is kind of the follow-up to what I was talking about earlier um, in terms of when you bring something up and the person responds badly or not the way you would want. I'm, I'm a fan of like real-time communication, bringing things up, having the space in a relationship be really clean and clear. It's not always possible. You know, I mean, things build up, we get busy and distracted, and then we wonder why we feel so disconnected from our partner, right? So it's not, again, that anybody needs to do this perfectly, but it is true that the more time that goes by and you're sitting on feelings, the worse it's going to get and the harder it's going to be to bring it up. So in the situation that you brought up, you know, this guy's on his business trip, whatever, and she's like suffering and really aware, like, God, you know, things are just not okay. It almost, it, see, it, it makes it even more um, powerful if you're like, look, I know this isn't the best time and it may not be the best time, but I'm really suffering about this and I'm realizing this and I love you. And could we have like at least a preliminary conversation while you're while you're away? I really want to get this ball rolling. And if he's like, no, we'll talk about it when I get home. I'm not saying that's a crime. You know, maybe it's like something where he I, I don't know. You know, I, mean, I can't imagine that happening. I just think it's better to start conversations right away, but who knows, maybe it's some, I'm trying to think of the words for an example, you know, it's some like high pressure, high stakes situation for real, you know, he's not avoiding it, but he really needs all of his attention there. He could say something like, oh my God, I see this is so important to you. I love you. We will absolutely address this. And I really want to give this my 100% 
focus and attention. So let's talk about it immediately when I get home. I mean, if your partner responds like that, great, fine. You know, he's obviously expressing how important that is. If he blows her off and is like, ah, you know, I don't want to deal with this. Maybe when I get home, that's another thing. So what about a new couple? Because I think a lot of people like, let's say you're not totally established yet. It's been a couple of months because that was my friend and her husband. She did bring it up and he did say, let's talk about it when we're home. And she was anxious for like a week and a half. And And it was just sad for me to see that. I know there's also people when it comes to timing, it's a different dynamic when it's someone new. Maybe like it's been hot and heavy for like a month and a half and then suddenly something happens and now it's Mm -hmm. your first conflict. Um, So I want to talk about just like, you know, is is that a different circumstance, you know, or do you still bring it up? Mm -hmm. Because there's no, I love you. You don't love the person yet, but you are really in it with them. You're moving along with them. Maybe you've had 10 or 20 dates with them. Um, What would you Mm -hmm. suggest there? Same? I would definitely bring it. Yeah, I would totally bring it up. And how you word it is everything, you know? That was my next thing. But you would, you know, you might say something like, you know, let's say it's a situation, it's been a few months, hot and heavy, all of a sudden something changed. I mean, of course you should talk about it. And let's say it's the woman bringing it up to the guy or, you know, just as an example, um, you might say something like, oh, you say first you start with something complimentary, you know, because when you're going to have any kind of remotely uncomfortable situation or um, conversation with someone you want to disarm the other person and also bring some like gracious, nice energy to the situation. It just makes everybody feel better. Um, Like you're on the same team kind of thing. So you might say something like, Hey, you know, we've been having so much fun together and this is a little like, I'm nervous to bring this up because this is this first kind of thing. I feel like I need to talk to you about, but you know, would you be willing to listen? I want to bring something up. So you kind of, set the stage. You want to be conscious of where and when you bring it up. You know, maybe it's not in the middle of sex, or maybe it's not like you're really stressed driving in traffic and, you know, they're driving and they're kind of angry or, you know, maybe you wait till you're chilling, you know, on the couch or you're taking a walk in the park. So you start like that. And then assumably the person will be like, yeah, what's up? And then you could just say, yeah, just notice this shift. Like things have been super hot, so fun. Like this has been great. And then I noticed this, whatever the this is, like you suddenly disappeared for a week and it was a little weird for me. Or, you know, is there anything going on you want to talk about? So like bringing it up in a friendly way, but direct and right yeah. away. Okay, so this is the next piece. And then I want to ask you about the secrets for successful relationships and all these things that you know so well is some people are going to want to take a step back, be it in their marriage, be it in their relationship, be it in their dating ship. So I wanted to look at all of these levels because that's not pleasant, right? Like that's really not the I'm noticing vibe. That's the like, there's a situation here vibe, right? Like it's more than kind of like, hey, I'm noticing this. It's like, and I need to take a step back. Um, but instead of maybe threatening, right, you can say something like, I'm feeling like I need to take a step back. It's making me feel this way. Um, 
So I would love your feedback on like how to communicate when you need space. And also you talk about bringing something up on the spot. Some people need space to process. Are there any boundaries or like thoughts that you have on the person that needs the space to process? And the person needing the space to process, are they the person that's being told whatever news this is? Or is yeah, this- usually, usually it is right. Like, or else, but maybe it's someone who also wants to tell the news and they need space to process what they need to say, like both sides yeah. of the fence. No, that's great. I, I'm a big fan of rehearsing things. I mean, there is no shame in whatever you need, you know? Um, I think if you're like, Ooh, I'm realizing that this dating relationship isn't actually working for me or whatever it is write out what you want to say, read it to yourself, say it to yourself, practice it in the mirror. I mean, all of these things are fun energy to do. And, and when you practice, you give yourself the benefit of delivering with the right energy because you're not just saying it for the first time, searching for your words. So I think there's such a power there. Um, Mm -hmm. and taking a step back, whether it's in a marriage, whether it's in a dating ship, you know, I, I see a lot of friends who are ready to get engaged and their partner's afraid, for example, and the person wants to take a step back, the one that's waiting for the engagement or whatever, saying like, look, we either need to get, take some space for a few weeks and reflect on this, or we need to break up. You're not proposing to me or whatever the situation is. Um, mm-hmm. What is your thought on that? Because sometimes it feels like self-sabotage and other times it feels self-honoring. Is there like an, a gut check people could do? To kind of say like, am I about to blow this shit up or am I being smart about this? Yeah, well, I think these days, um, you're right in what you said earlier, more people are very anxious. We, We are living in our heads more than we ever have. The culture and technology are supporting that. I'm not making that a wrong, bad thing. This is just what's happening. You know, it's a little unpleasant, but it just is what it is. And we lose touch with our body and our feeling and our sensing and our gut, whatever you want to call it. And then we're like in our heads and over-processing, second-guessing ourselves and so forth. So just to name that, um, that that's kind of the condition that we're all living in. And things, I believe that pretty much everything can be worked out in communication. And what I recommend if somebody is going to bring something up to a person they might be about to get engaged to, and then they're kind of scared, and then they want to put a pause on it, and they're not sure, and am I sabotaging, am I not, get really clear about what you want and what's not working. Like if it's a woman talking to a guy, let's say, if she's like, oh, I don't know, you know, I'm just not sure. And I take a step back. The guy can't do anything about that. Like you're not giving him anything specific to work with. You know, it might be that you have a concern, like, you know what, like, you know, you're having three drinks every night and it's really bothering me because I look into the future and I think you're going to have like liver failure and, you know, or you, um, you, you work. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, this is not like just men that have these issues. I'm just using it as an example. Um, women have plenty, plenty of issues too. 
but um, thinking of common ones, right? Like, oh, right now you work for this tech company and you're working 15 hours a day. And like, that's amazing. I know you're building wealth, but like, you know, we've been talking about getting more serious and here's the kind of lifestyle I want. And how do you feel? Like as a woman, guys generally want to give you what you want and they want to make you happy and they want to succeed with you. And so you need to give them a pathway for that by being specific. Now, maybe you don't know, maybe it's like, I'm freaking out. I'm anxious. I don't even know. Let me, and then you can say that. I don't even know. I'm just freaking out. And I'm going to take a couple of weeks. I'm going to call on my support system and then let's get back and talk about it. I mean, if that's the case, fine. But usually there's some specific things that you can actually talk about. So then you can actually find out if the guy's up for giving you what you want. Okay. I love this. And um, I love the idea of talking about what you want versus what you don't want. I think it's good to say, this is what I'm not wanting, but here is what I'm wanting. Sometimes it's hard to neutralize your energy. Like love can really come up against an edge, you know? Um, and so I think even just settling into like that calmer feeling, like whenever I'm, I'm very rarely angry, it's not like something I grab off the shelf as much, you know, I usually prefer anxiety, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> But when I am angry, it's like, okay, I need to wait until I get to the sadness. You know what I mean? Like, or wait to get to the real grounded feelings. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay. So we've talked a lot about communication, a lot about dynamics, which to me is really power struggles that we're kind of talking about. Why do you think power struggles happen? Um, Like, because I'm looking at our conversation. I'm like, yeah, that's basically what I'm asking you about is dynamics like this. Mm Mm-hmm. Why do power struggles happen in relationship? Well, it all connects to our original conditioning from being born into whatever family we were born into and whatever kind of personality structure got created in our little beings. Like by three years old, our Erewhon and I call it your relationship blueprint, kind of like the way you see the world, the way you act, the way you behave, you know, um, to put it very simply, you know, some of us sort of wind up being, um, we playfully call this um, meanies, right? Like we, we kind of end up being critical and bossy and aggressive. And we're always the one in the relationship that's like upset with the other person and they're doing it wrong. And Others of us get conditioned to be softies, you know, people pleasers, and we just want everybody to get along and we are nicey nice and really pissed and resentful underneath. And then there's others that get groomed as avoiders, you know, just just to turn a blind eye, sweep it under the rug and, oh, I'm just not going to answer texts for a few days or whatever. That's a very simplified, like these three categories, right? But I'm just giving it to you as an example. Okay. So we kind of get formed by our environment and then, and there's inherently power struggles in that because it's all related to the people that are raising us and interacting with us. We figured out really young how to get love and keep love. And, you know, I don't know how much you've been around kids, but it's like a power struggle, like all the time, you know, especially, you know, we have a seven year old and it's like, dude, you know, this is, you know, he's like amazing in every way. And every conversation almost is like an invitation into a power struggle, if I'm not careful. 
right? And it's like, we want control and we learn ways to do that. So if we don't, and again, I'm not saying you have to heal yourself and be perfect, but if we don't heal and have some awareness and, oh, here's how I tend to manipulate people. Here are the games I like to play in relationship. I play the victims. I want to get people to take care of me. And then I turn around and betray them or what self-awareness. Can you imagine? Like heads up, I'm a victim and I try to convince other people and manipulate them. I love that self-awareness. That's got to send someone running for the hills unless you can find a better way to deliver the info. I like to say, and I think that kind of stuff would be so much better on dating profiles. Like here's what you're dealing with because (laughs) we all have this shit, you know, it's not, you know, you pretty yourself up as much as you want for these first few dates, pretty yourself up, whatever, whatever male version come across, you know, best foot forward. That's fine. That's part of dating, but like, we all have this shit, you know what I mean? So wouldn't it be funny if there was like, here's what you're getting. And it's almost like comical because, and it's attractive because you, you know, if you have awareness that, oh yeah, I tend to, you know, start to look elsewhere. And as soon as intimacy starts, I leave or I get really attached and clingy. And, you know, I mean, knowing this about yourself, that's, that's attractive. So, um, I guess, so to answer your question, that's where power struggles come from. And it's really born out of a lack of awareness of these very human patterns. Mm, Okay. So as we're talking about power struggles, and I love that you talked about basically like subconscious manipulation, because I feel like um, I just saw the funniest video on TikTok of a dog who hurt its foot. And because he hurt its foot, um, people were giving him food. And then he learned that if he limps, people will give him food. It's like, yeah, do these things to get love, just like this dog limping to get food. And it's, it's interesting because it's not sustainable, like pretending or manipulating, eventually you get tired, you've got to be you and it's hard to be you. It's hard to let yourself be seen and to really feel someone looking at you. So what do you think is the secret to someone really creating a successful love life? The secret is awareness, awareness of truly who you are. People sometimes are surprised by some aspects of our method called the Davon method in working with singles and couples. Like singles and couples come to us and they're like, oh my God, you know, I want to find my soulmate or I want to date successfully or I want to like just not have my relationships keep like crashing and burning or I want chemistry in my 30-year marriage or, you know, and everywhere in between, right? right? And we totally cover specifics like you would expect, you know, flirting skills, seduction skills, sensual and sexual skills, how to build and keep chemistry, communication, all of it, right? But the most important part is making deep contact with yourself and yourself Yes, your psychology and your wounding and kind of becoming aware of how your past affects your present, because that stuff usually lives like reality. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, for example, I'll take a non-romantic example. You know, you're driving along and someone cuts you off. Yeah. That whatever experience, you know, we get enraged or we get terrified or we think, oh my God, the world's not a safe place. Or we 
are at the coffee shop and we ask for an oat milk latte and they like make us a whatever, a cappuccino. And we're like, nobody listens to me. You know, we have yeah. this reaction, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, maybe the barista was just tired and not paying attention, doesn't have anything to do with us. Um, so that's like our wounding and our conditioning and our ways that we've learned to see the world. So being in touch with that, but also being in touch with what is underneath that, like who we are beyond any kind of conditioning or idea about who we are, right? right. People have names for this, right? It could be like your spirit or your being or your soul, or there's religious names for this. And that's a really, I mean, people are often like, God, that doesn't make sense. I want to learn these relationship skills and you can, but you need the ground of awareness to really be present in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's the secret. Then from there, I mean, you can learn easily. You can deal with conflict more easily. I'm not saying it's all a walk in the park, but it just, it's like a new context. Yeah. Okay. I love this. And I have so many questions about it. So getting back into this, like, um, people doing kind of like self-work and looking at where their limitations are and like really awakening. Um, let's say that somebody listening right now is single and they really want to like create and find the person that they want to like create an epic life with. Um, and they're feeling like I'm working on myself. There's always more work to do. What are some mm -hmm. ways you would suggest they look at the world or approach dating, especially on the yeah. apps? Like you were saying, it's like a total whirlwind on there um, to start really creating results. Cause I know a lot of people, like they have a belief, like this is hopeless. Like it's a, it's crazy out there. Um, so yeah, like just some starter tips. And mm -hmm. also I know I'm asking you so many compound questions. I just can't help myself. Um, what about people who are emotionally aware and they meet someone that's working on their awareness? I think there's a lot of tension there. So how do you attract somebody, find the right person? What are some tips for that? And also like discrepancies in awareness. Yeah. Okay. So working on yourself, quote unquote, you know, it's become trendy, which right. I think is great. You know, even right. trendy is usually like, oh, that's dumb. But no, I mean, a trend, a cool trend. of self-awareness. Great. You know, like, let's do that. It's making it more mainstream. But, you know, there is um, a place where that can be detrimental. You've referred to it a few times where people are like, let me keep working on my issues. Let me process. I'm going right. to do that. You know, oh my God, I'm going to ruminate on all my problems. And I'm going to, you know, it's like, no, we don't need to do that, which is really nice. Like, the, the truth is, we are absolutely perfect exactly as we are in our imperfections, our humanity. And the way that Erwan and I work with this type of thing is, yeah, become aware of your patterns, feel them in your body, start to recognize when they're arising. And we support people with this. It's not like you should be able to do this right away. But then if you can really distinguish that from who you really are, you know, which is just brilliant and perfect exactly as you are, how you've always been, you know, then there's that awareness. You don't need to fix yourself. You don't, you don't need to make your wounds go away. You don't need to do that. It's just awareness. Once you're aware, 
your patterns have much less hold on you. I know I keep going into this sort of intensely because it's so important. It's not that you have issues. It's that you're not aware of them. So then they've like, they're driving your relationship life and you don't even know it. Mm. You, us, me, whatever, all, everybody, right? Because we're unconscious to that. We are like seeing the world through these colored lenses that are like, can't trust anybody. This, you know, men are like this, women are like that. And we don't know. And we're like accidentally killing people off. And so that's why the awareness is so important. Okay. So awareness, right? Different than constantly working on yourself, trying to make yourself perfect. Mm. So doing what you need to do to bring awareness, right? Then the tips are, for example, going out socially as much as you can. Use the apps if you want to, but also you want to go out and be around people and get invited to your friends' dinner parties and find meetups and go. You need to be around people to meet people. And then there are all these different flirting skills that are really nice to learn. Like we walk people through steps of, you know, how do you go from as a man or a woman, not knowing someone, right? Like maybe being in the same social environment. Like how do you break the ice? How do you get in conversation? How do you take that conversation and make it flirty? How do you, you know, then feel the vibe and see if they're interested? What's the next step? How do you get physical touch in? And so there are skills to actually move those things forward. And, you know, as, as women, we have it much easier. Um, and I'm talking heterosexual relationships. That's how I'm kind of bending this. It's obviously very applicable to other forms of relationship and types of relationship. But, you know, there's just a lot of inherent turn on and attractiveness and attractive force in us as women. And if we're not so caught up in our heads and worried and like tripping out, you know, like we can tend to do, like it's easy to meet a handful of guys in a particular night. If we're a guy and we're interested in women and, you know, we're not getting in our own way, like wondering and thinking and what's the strategy or let me not offend her or whatever, you could have a bunch of women attracted to you by the end of the night. So those are, you know, in terms of tips, it's the awareness, but then also being in an environment often enough that you're going to meet people and then having the skills to make that work. I want to ask you about ultimatums and dynamics. So let's say for the person who's dating or even the person who's in their relationship, There's that masculine energy of pursuit. It's gender agnostic, right? It's just pursuit. And then there's the feminine energy of receptivity. I know that these energies can create a lot of stuckness where maybe in a dating capacity, a woman wants to feel, and I'm I'm being very gender normative, but she wants to feel chosen. She wants to feel pursued. And then maybe in a marriage, it's the same thing. She wants to feel more chosen and pursued. Um, What is your feedback for people who want to be in that receptivity versus that pursuit. Because I think a lot of people listening, this is a self-development show. Obviously, people aren't afraid if they're here to take initiative in their life. Um, How do we kind of kick back and let things come to us? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And then are you, so are you specifically referring to women and are you specifically referring to in a romantic situation, how to be receptive? Let's start there. And whether it's you're single or you're in a partnership, how do you encourage that space for someone to come to you? Yeah. Okay. So this is, it's so, I love masculine feminine dynamics. Tell me all about it. Yeah, it's so juicy because, and then again, as you said, we're, we have this heteronormative bend to this conversation. So we need to just acknowledge that. Um, women in general really enjoy being pursued and wanted and seen and approached and all of that. It's not like that is always the case, but it's in line with what you're saying and is often the case. We don't necessarily want to be the one that gets up from our chair, walks across the dance floor, offers to buy the guy a drink or whatever, these classic scenarios, right? But women or the feminine, we we are initiators. And the way that we initiate is not, we don't have to be so... um, obvious about it because of the power that we have as women to get a guy's attention, right? Like it's very, you know how, you know, think of, this is an extreme example, but Marilyn Monroe, right? Like she just has that look and, and guys will be running to get her what it would be running to get her whatever she wanted. She has that gaze and she has that we as women there are courtship gestures that we can use to just kind of send a little energy that guy's way, you know, like smiling, looking away, making eyes, looking a little longer than normal, you know, just inviting a guy that's paying attention and is available is biologically wired to respond to that. So, you know, if you see a guy and he's hot, but like you don't necessarily want to go walk over, you just kind of catch his eye and you smile he's going to respond, you know, I mean, if he doesn't respond, he's either not paying attention, which is too bad for him, or he's taken, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. doesn't really want to come approach you because he, he shouldn't, you know, he's with someone else and maybe she's not there yet or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that it's using our power. And, you know, these days there's so much changing around what is considered masculine and feminine. And I think the increased awareness around all of it is really great and questioning norms and everything. It's very good. And I think sometimes inadvertently it kind of starts to make wrong some of these classic masculine feminine dynamics that a lot of us still really enjoy. Mm -hmm. And you know, let's say you're across the dance floor and whatever reason, you don't get his attention, but you're not sure if he saw you just like walk to the bathroom and like glance at him on your way and hi, you know, and then you just keep walking. <laughs> I swear. I mean, the guy's going to pick up the signal at some point. And <laughs> you remind me of my That's grandma. How you she, she used to tell huh? me like, yeah. be, a go- be a goose, but like, let them catch you. Like, don't run too fast. It's like, be a goose that can get caught. It's so interesting. Um, I want to go back to the topic of emotional discrepancy because I think a lot of people who are doing self-development work, they might yeah, you know, be that. in a partnership that they really love, but yeah. they're not feeling like emotionally that person is as committed to the path. How do we figure out when it's like, okay, this is a genuine challenge in life that might not be a match versus like, oh, this person wants to work on it. 
Um, I was in a relationship a long time ago with an incredible guy, but he was pretty stoic. He wasn't opened up yet. And he, I could feel his loving energy, but as we got more into depth, as the months went on and we were together, I felt like, okay, he's still not connected enough to himself to give me the intimacy I want. And it feels like I'm falling in love with potential if I wait for him to give me that one day. So I think emotional discrepancy, growth discrepancy is like such a stressor for marriages and dating situations. Um, What's your thought there? Are you ready to take ownership of your health and feel your absolute best? This episode is brought to you by Joy, J-O-I. Joy is a place where women can find answers, own their health journey, and really start to feel like themselves again, even if maybe you forgot what it feels like to feel good. Now that I've settled into my life back on the West Coast, I want to get serious about optimizing my health, so I turn to Joy. Through comprehensive labs and the help of functional medicine clinicians, Joy really helps you understand what's going on underneath and provides solutions to address the root cause of whatever challenge you're having with your health. Joy will measure your individual biomarkers to get the most accurate picture of your health and create a personalized plan. The whole process was so convenient, so stress-free, truly just easy to understand what's going on inside your body. And once the results come in, Joy is able to provide personalized supplements based on your own unique biomarkers put into a convenient daily sachet. Not only that, but they provide testing six months later so that you not only feel the results, but you can see them. So if you're really wanting to take ownership over your health and feel your best and do blood work in labs that are just so much more than your typical medical visit to really get answers, you've got to give Joy a go. They're giving you 20% off your labs when you go to choosejoy.co slash U-turn. That's C-H-O-O-S-E-J-O-Y dot com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N and get 20% off your labs. Choose joy and feel like you again. Yeah, I didn't answer this prior to your question um, from before. Yeah, this is a big deal. Okay, a lot. First of all, going back to what I mentioned earlier, I'm a really big fan of that being you know, as a single person, first of all, like that being a standard, you know, like I hold myself to a standard of being a person who's into growth and development. And I want my partner to also be into that. Now you have to be careful with that, right? Because that might look different differently for different people. And, but just having that in mind at the outset, you know, having that be high on your priority list, you know, be above the bank account, above the tits, above the body size, whatever it is. So that'll help with some of that. But let's say you find yourself in a situation and you're like a person who loves, you know, workshops and yoga classes or meditation retreats, or like you're in therapy and, you know, you really like love that. And your partner's a little shy about that or not aware. They're like, I don't know, or they're uncomfortable or more conventional or something. It, you want to invite the person into that space in a way where they can win. You know, like as a woman, I see so many women do this. They're like, oh, I just, I want you to be more connected to yourself. I want you to be more aware. and as women, we know what that means, but like to a guy, it's like, okay, so what am I supposed to do with that? And I'm, again, I'm being so general, like there are plenty of men 
that are into growth and development and want the woman to come along. I work with them all the time, but I'm just using this as an example. Um, you have to give guys specific instructions and you have to make it fun. So it's not like, you know, cause if you're like, God, I just, you know, I do all this work and I wish you were more connected to yourself. Like they can't do anything with that. They're just going to feel like they're losing. So it would be more like, Hey, you know, I'm going to this, now, I know you don't usually go to these things, but I'm going to this really cool like yoga tantra class and I'd love for you to go with me. You know, what do you think? You want to try something new and kind of invite him in in this fun way or, hey, you know, check out this TED talk. You know, I love this woman or I love this guy. And I just, you know, this is the kind of stuff I'd love to share more of with you in our relationship. And you will probably be pleasantly surprised more often than not. Like most people, are deep in their own yeah. way. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it, it's a, and I'm, again, we're doing like so many kind of norm, norm things. Yeah, but like totally. maybe his thing is, is like mountain rock climbing, right? And he gets that spiritual, like I, I dated a guy who was in a jazz funk band and he was pretty spiritual in other ways, but he would describe like his experience being on stage with his bandmates and like what a spiritual experience it was. And, there, and then like his depth came out and I'm like, okay, this guy doesn't need to want right. to go to my yoga right? He's, right. he's dialed in there, right? So you kind of have to handle it well. If you handle it well, meaning be friendly, be inviting, um, be specific, you know, and, and one might say, well, why do I have to do all that work to get this person interested? Well, because you do. I mean, if you want it, do it. And if after a while, it's like you're dragging the person or they're complaining or they don't like it, well, then, you know, you've given it a good shot and then might be time for another conversation. Right. Like, hey, I feel like sort of on different pages and this is really important right. to me. You feel right. So, of course, you don't have to just accept yeah. what you have, but you want to keep your side of the street clean. You know, you want to do a good yeah. job of inviting them. <laughs> you know, I was I was reading somewhere. One of the greatest predictors of divorce is a lack of willingness to accept influence like somebody uh-huh. from your partner. I think that's really profound because it's like John Doe, you know, or Susie Q, like they can love golfing. And like to you, that's the most boring thing alive, but right. they're your partner. You love them and they want you to come along. And it's not about abandoning yourself, but there's a gray zone there where you get to indulge in the other person. And I think this lack of indulgence can be really painful for people. And this brings me to my next topic, which is ultimatums. Um, You talk about asking for what you want. Um, We talked about sharing at the right time, communicating effectively. I know I'm jumping around because I just love the love category of this show. Like, so right. Um, Ultimatums. I feel like there's a place for them and they kind of look are looked at unfavorably. But what feels true for me, and I would love for you to correct me if you don't agree on this, is like sometimes that's just what you have to do is like really let someone know like this is the final straw for me and I love you and I can't do it if this isn't here and it's okay that you don't do it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would love any feedback around like when do you make one? How do you think about one? Anything like that. You should never give an ultimatum if you're not prepared to carry it out. Right. If you're prepared, if you're ready and you're like, hey, I'm going to give this about a month, you know, and if this doesn't change, I'm going to have to change things or leave or whatever. Just can do it if you're going to carry it out. If you're using it as a manipulation, it's not good. And then if the person's like, well, this is an ultimatum, that's not fair. 
you know, it's like, well, it is an ultimatum. It, it is. Right. I would not use one until you've exhausted all of your other faculties. Faculties, yeah. I guess that's the yeah. right way to say that. That's you know, all your other options and, you know, but no, I mean, in certain situations, sure. You know, that's yeah. fine. Okay. So final questions before we wrap up. And I feel like I could literally just hold you hostage <laughs> on the U-Turn podcast for like three days. <laughs> I want to talk about getting the spark back because, you know, after a pandemic and whatever, and, you know, we were talking about how the honeymoon can literally last days. It can be really intimidating to look at your relationship and be like, we are two neutral blobs just blobbing it up in our house together. You know, um, how do we initiate or do self-work to bring the magic back without being so forceful and pushy? Because there's nothing, mm-hmm. I, mean, I know there's a lot of people, especially sexually, where they're like, there's the pursuer and then the one that's not wanting to be pursued or, and then it becomes a whole pressure cooker and I feel pressured and I, on both sides and I feel rejected and oh my God. So where yeah, do we go from there? So the first, this is, I mean, so many people dealt with this during the pandemic and even before that, it just sort of amplified it, pandemic situation, but couples for a lot of reasons, you know, the chemistry goes away and people get distracted and then they're just like blobs. I love that blobbing it up. Um, First step would be a conversation. So whoever is feeling this blob situation more, bring it up in a loving way. So, you know, hey, babe, you know, like, oh, you know, you know, I love you and and all this. And, you know, I've just noticed we've kind of slipped into this way where we're not really having sex. We're not really being intimate. And like, I, I love you. I just want to bring that back. You know, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And so just bringing it out. Right. And let's say the partner says, yeah, yeah you know, yeah, totally. I've noticed too. I'm so complacent. But yes, let's do something. Erwan and I have a set of touching practices that we train couples in. Um, we have video, you know, we have, it's accessible to whoever, but in our different classes, um, you know, you can learn and it takes the pressure off the intercourse. It takes the pressure off of like, let's go from blobbing it up to like crazy reverse cowgirl sex, like in the kitchen, you know, no, like people are not going to go from zero to a hundred. The touching practices help gradually bring in the touch and bring in the sensuality and it's kind of gradated. So it's not zero to a hundred sexual, but kind of gets there. So doing something like that and allocating time and space to do that literally in your schedule is the way to do that. So there's more to be said. I know we're almost out of time, but that's how to do it. Yeah. I think a lot of people, it's like you lose attraction, right? Like eventually you're white teeth turn into like yellow candy corn. I don't know. I sound like so glum. It's like, no, yeah. Morning breath. You're, you gained 10 pounds during the day. I gained weight in the pandemic and I was like, uh, and then I lost weight. In the yeah. pan- I mean, it's like, there's so many it's things hard. to attraction. Sometimes they get the wrong haircut and you're like, oh, I can't oh. see this haircut. It's terrifying. It's dark, but it's true. We're human and we have these limits. So yes. um, if there's an attraction issue, Like, do you think that the spark can grow over time or do you think it's just there or not? The spark can totally grow over time. I mean, Erwan and I are living proof of that. And my, my feeling on like all the things you mentioned with awareness and openness, things can shift, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that 
you know, having awareness of, see, the spark, having that over time takes being deliberate and prioritizing it and making time and space for whatever touch practices, date night, pleasure time, whatever you want to call it. And it also tends to bring awareness to ourselves and our bodies, right? I'm not saying we have to all look like models or have perfect teeth or whatever, but you tend to kind of just want to take care of yourself more. Mm -hmm. And like the more that you bring the sexiness back. And then if, look, if your partner, you're like, God, like all the time, your breath is like this, or I notice you've you're not moving your body and you've gained, you know, there are ways to bring that up. I know it's so hard, hard. to do that, but yeah, you know, if you're loving and you bring it up and might be challenging to work through, but you know, it's totally doable. Okay. This has been such a great conversation. I feel like I left so many stones like unturned because that's just how I feel. <laughs> like you covered so much. Where can everybody learn from you, find you and continue with you? So a few things. Um, the first thing is we, it's its a gift for your listeners. We have a lot of different ways we work with people. You know, we work with people online. We've got this incredible program called Mastery of Relationship that people can be in. We've got, you know, coaching. We have sensual skills training, all sorts of things. Tantra classes for those that live in San Francisco or nearby, and we also have a weekend online intensive called the Pleasure Course. And we it's a live course. It's not recorded. And we do it once or twice a year. And it's a deep dive into the five keys to a successful relationship. And the next one is coming up mid-November. And I want to gift five spots to the first five people that contact me about it. So that's the first way. Yeah, totally. Because it is just, you're awesome. And you've just been so lovely. And I feel like it'll be so valuable. So that's the first thing. And the way that people can claim that is either to text our school, which is 415-308-9580. That's okay. We'll put that in the show show notes too. 308 Yeah. And then there'll be a link. People can also fill out a form if they prefer to do that. But the first five to contact me, will get it for free. And then anyone else after that, that wants to be in the course, I have a hundred dollars off code so they can use that. I just want to make it available to your community. So there's the pleasure course. And then people can also just fill out the form or text if they want to learn about other programs. Um, our website is davonmethod.com and you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at davonmethod. I love this so much. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to put everything in the show notes for those of you. I hope you're one of the first five and, uh, Alicia, this was so insightful. Thanks again. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into the U-Turn podcast. And thank you again so much for our sponsors. We are here because of you and to our listeners. Thank you for checking out our sponsors. We always pick people and brands that we trust and we believe in. And just for listening to the show, writing your reviews on the Apple app, and just being willing to make your own U-Turns. We'll see you next week. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. 
I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.